Hello, everyone. Welcome to Middle Earth. Yes, the 124th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast comes from to you live from a hobbit hole. Yes, we are talking about the brand new, mega-budgeted, super-hyped Amazon Prime series, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am Bill the Graybeard. I am your wizardly host for this podcast. The jokes are going to run real thin, real quick. Don't worry. Um, I am flying solo this week. Al Manorino, once again, is off trying to find Love and Thunder, as he will for the next few episodes. Uh, so I am joined by a very special group of guests. First, um, I'd like to introduce someone who's going to be real tired of me by the end of this week, as I will be recording at least four or five podcasts with him this week. What is in the books already? He, of course, is the podcast editor of thepopbreak.com. He is the host of the Cinema Joe, co-host, I should say, of the Cinema Joe's podcast, the co-host of uh, TV Break podcast, and he is the MCU and the Bill versus the MCU podcast. He is... The all-wise Alex Marcus, my friend, I thank you for coming on at such short notice. Uh, I know you were in the Undying Lands, and you just were like, all right, That's fine, true. I'll jump off a boat, I'll come swim back, and Listen, whatever. Bill, I can't carry this podcast for you, but I can carry you on this podcast. That's that's pretty much our dynamic, as always. Uh, <laughs> and joining us is someone who was on a ton during our first season, but we have not spoken to her since. Like, I want to say the ep third episode of WandaVision. So it's been over a year and a half. During that time, she has defeated the forces of evil. She has been in Germany. She's invented the self-driving car, uh, bought a house, got married, and uh, is currently uh, forging all the rings of power right now the comic book and anime editor of thepopbreak.com, Rachel Freeman. It has been so long. It is so great to have you back. I'm very excited. I also like that you said it's been so long since you've spoken to me as if I've literally just like have not even spoken to you, just vanished off the face of the earth. <laughs> you were on a quest. Uh, last I heard you were on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> You like you like poured water on a grave or fire on a grave and a weird symbol came up, a troll. Things happened. That's all I know. But it's great to have you back. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm winging it right now. Uh, Al was supposed to host this week, but, you know, he's Let's not, not going to listen to this episode anyway. So <laughs> fuck him. He's probably watching football. Uh, that's why I have to move recording dates. Now. Uh, what a oh, nerd. Back. Yeah, what a nerd. Uh, should be talking about Lord of the Rings, but that's what we're going to be doing for the next however long I ramble for. Um, before we actually get into the Amazon Prime series, what I want to know is that your guys' relationships with the six movies we had from the world of Tolkien as told by Peter Jackson. Of course, we're talking about the Lord of the Rings movies, the Academy Award winning return of the King and those Hobbit movies that definitely happened. Um, so as you could tell, I'll go in reverse order. The Hobbit movies, like I said, they are films. They are definitely out there for you to watch. Uh, I remember watching the first one. It was fine. The second two, 
there was a lot of desolation of my soul as I watched every second of that. They were just the definition to me of a cash grab. And I was very, very left with a poor taste in my mouth. But I have to say, the first three, The Fellowship of the Ring, um, The Two Towers, and Return of the King, I love those movies. I own the huge special edition box sets. I, I know those special edition you know, interviews and behind the scenes stuff. I probably could recite them if, if prompted. Um, if someone threw a deep, found a DVD player and put it in, I don't think I own one anymore, but you know, that happens with everything streaming. Uh, I love those movies though. They were great. I was something I shared with my dad. We would watch them on like when they came to DVDs, usually came out around Christmas time. We'd watch them together. It was, it was really cool. I love those movies. Um, so yeah, I, I have a weird, like, I have a very much a love hate relationship with Mr. Peter Jackson's Tolkien movies. Uh, Alex, how about you? I don't, we've talked so much about movies that you love. I've never heard you talk about the Lord of the Rings movies. Not that a lot of people bring them up these days, but it adds well, up to the show. If you haven't heard me talk about the Lord of the Rings movies, then that means that you did not listen to the Cinema Joes episode that we released on July 29th. 2019, uh, where we reviewed the film Tolkien, which is starring um, Nicholas Holt uh, oh as J.R.R. Tolkien. Got called out. <laughs> oh, and we well, also... Off, I don't even know if I knew Alex in July of 2019. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> we we met in... Uh, <laughs> we met in December of 2019, when things were totally fine and normal, and then nothing else happened. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so in that episode of Cinema Joes, we reviewed the uh, the, the very interesting biopic, um, but mostly as an excuse to then do a retrospective of all three of the original trilogy. Um, and we did that because all three of us, me and my two co-hosts, Justin and Noah, huge Lord of the Rings fans. The, the original films came out when I was in middle school, and it was just a I had never heard of the property before they were in theaters. I was not aware of the books or anything like that, but I remember a lot of adults in my life were like very excited. I mean, a lot of people said that, Oh, I read these books in in college and it was so exciting and I can't wait to see the movies. I remember I had a geography teacher who like would go, would like report back to us in like fifth and sixth grade, like of the, the rumors about the things that were going to be changed and every, she was so excited for it. So I was like, this must be a big deal. I have to go see this. And then I did. And I loved them. I loved all of the original films. I saw them all, all three of them in theaters. I never had to go to the bathroom more badly in a movie theater than during the last 45 minutes of return of the King. Same. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I love those movies. I bought all of them on regular edition DVD. I bought all of the extended edition DVDs. I would used to every fall for like years, I would rewatch them over and over again. Uh, then the Hobbit movies came out. And before they came out, I was really excited yeah. because they were supposed to be for the longest time. Uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, who would have been such an interesting choice for that world. Uh, and then at the last minute, scheduling kind of ended up taking the movie away from him. And Peter Jackson, who was on a bit of a downslope in his career by that point, picked up The Hobbit and was like, I'm going to make uh, The Hobbit and I'm going to make and I'm going to take a movie that was supposed to be two movies. And I'm going to make it into three movies um, and we're going to load it with a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be great. And we're going to shoot it in high frame rate and everybody's going to be happy. And uh, so I saw the first one and I thought it was pretty bad. It's like 
25 minutes of just hobbits cleaning up the kitchen, which is like great, but I don't think I needed that. Uh, and uh, it's very felt very like video gamey. A lot of the action felt very video gamey in a way that was a bummer because so much of what I love about those original films are the kind of tactile world building where it really feels like it's, I mean, it literally is a place that you can go and visit uh, to this day. Uh, and the first Hobbit movie really didn't feel that way. So I eventually, I ultimately decided not to watch the second or third Hobbit movie, and I've never regretted that choice. That's a completist. I am stunned. You're the ultimate completist. <laughs> you will rewatch Thor but... the Dark World when you do an MCU rewatch, but you won't finish the Hobbit movies. I'm and actually I... shocked by that, too. Uh-uh. As a cinema I... person, I know you are. <laughs> I just didn't want to ruin the memory of of those original films and it was just such a bummer that it was like all the same people back telling a much like just telling a much worse story uh, and stretching it out in a way that was unwarranted and i just didn't want to do that to myself i was like you know what self-harm is is a real problem and we need to take it seriously no more hobbit movies for me you mean you didn't want to hear a, a, a dwarf king voiced by billy Connolly riding a pig you didn't want to see that I, I mean, no, I don't think that's like on my bucket list, unfortunately. I, mean, I was just saying it to be like, now you're like, oh shit, now maybe I want to watch it. And no, I'll- I mean, the idea of Benedict Cumberbatch as a giant dragon tormenting Martin Freeman, if that can't get me in the door, I don't think anything will. I don't think it's that long of a scene, actually, either. Um, <laughs> so, Rachel, um, how about you? What's your relationship uh, with these, with the Peter Jackson movies? So... Um, I'll, I'll be honest and maybe you, well, maybe Alex won't, but Bill, maybe you will shame me. Um, I have not watched the Hobbit movies. Um, I remember when they were coming out. The the other Hobbit movie, I don't know, Alex, the Ralph Bakshi animated one. Mm -mm. Because they used to run on the Disney channel and stuff, or like it was on HBO and they used to freak the shit out of me. (laughs) Okay. I kind of want to watch those. (laughs) You definitely should. Because as, as like a four-year-old in central New Jersey watching this, I'm like, what is Why did he bite his finger off? (laughs) This is a cartoon. (laughs) All right. So I'm interested in those. Um, But yeah, I remember when they announced the Hobbit, I was initially excited because um, out of all of the books, the Hobbit is actually the only one I've ever read Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I read a lot, but I, apologize to those who love the books out there i just they just weren't for me i just couldn't i tried i just couldn't get through them yeah (laughs) i respect them as literature just couldn't do it um so i was initially excited about the hobbit and then like i don't know the trailers just felt boring i remember thinking in the trailers i was like oh this is kind of I don't really care. And then they were like, yeah, and we're going to make it longer than the original trilogy. And I was like, I've read that book. How are you going to do that? That sounds horrible. So I was just immediately like, no, thank you. And then I remember my brother went to see it and he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And he was like, just don't. (laughs) And so at that point I was like, well, if I, if it's on TV and I'm in a room, I'm not going to walk away from it. Uh, but I have so far never been in a room where somebody has actively been like, we should watch this movie. So <laughs> haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I go just to make it all about me again is um, I, I watched the first one in the theater. 
I was disappointed. I probably get, I reviewed it on Pop Break. That's how long Pop Break's been around for. Uh, <laughs> that I was able, I reviewed it and I, I gave it a positive review at a time, but I didn't go to the movies to see the other ones. I just kind of caught them. Maybe one on Redbox, maybe one on HBO. Definitely the last one uh, <laughs> on HBO. But I remember my heart kind of sunk because like, Alex, when you were saying Del Toro was attached to it, I'm like, great. It's going to be two movies. I'm like, great. Give them time. And then Peter Jackson came in. I remember seeing, I think, did he do The Lovely Bones before this? Yes. Yeah, he was hot off of the movie. giant oh, failure of The Lovely Bones. <laughs> that such a trash movie. I have seen so many times. My wife puts it on every time it's on. I'm like, do you like this movie? She's like, it's on. And I'm like, shit. There is a tomb oh. at the center of this house. That's a oh. line from the trailer. <laughs> Yikes. We could do a whole Lovely Bones podcast, but we never will. We could. I, let me tell you, there are some very interesting things about Lovely Bones. Like how Ryan Gosling was fired off of the movie. He was supposed to star in it, and he came to this, he came to set first day of shooting, like 40 pounds overweight, and he was like really proud of himself. And Peter Jackson was like, I don't this I don't want any of this, whatever you're doing. No. And so then they fired him and hired Mark Wahlberg. That, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was that was the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg was um, definitely the guy you should have gone with. Yeah. Um, but, wonder, uh, wonder how how intentional that was on uh, Ryan Gosling's part. <laughs> you got a couple checks out of it, yeah. uh, but so uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like so for me when I heard about you know The Hobbit was doing three movies, I was like, I, my heart sank. And then Jackson was doing, it, I'm like, oh no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> but that's kind of also influenced my excitement level for this project because it's like, we're going to do Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and I didn't realize, because at first I thought they were going to redo the original trilogy we had just seen like in the early 2000s. I'm like, please don't. Those movies were so great. And then you found out what they were, I found out what they're going to be, but they're like, we're spending $250 bazillion on making all this. It's going to be the biggest television show of all time. And I was like, but why? It <laughs> was what I kept going, but, but why? Then I saw the trailer and that changed my mind. And I'm like, okay. Cause I had no intention of watching the show. I mean, I, I was like, well, I run a pop culture set. I'll probably end up mm-hmm. watching something. Although I should have watched infinity war when it came out the first time. Right. Not three years later. Yeah, then we wouldn't but, have had a podcast about it. So exactly. I was going to say you would have missed out on this great opportunity. So exactly. it really worked out in your favor. <laughs> so I got more hyped because of the trailer. So how about you guys? Like, how did you feel like when you first heard about this and even the trailer, was there excitement there? Was that like kind of passion for Lord of the Rings rekindled? So Rachel, I'll go with you first, especially since you were smart and didn't watch the Hobbit movie. Yeah. I'm like this dumb dumb who watched yeah. all three. And I'm not so, the completest on the podcast. <laughs> so I, I really liked the, like, I, I love the original ones. I, those are ones that like, I feel like those movies just stick with you. Like I randomly, um, I don't know if this is, this is weird of me. Cause I don't know other people's psyche, but like, I randomly just think about scenes from movies. Like a scene just pops into my head from a movie when I'm like thinking about, you know, thinking about something and the Lord of the Rings. I'm surprised how long those movies have stuck with me. Where like, I can just recall these vivid scenes. Um, so I really liked those. And I had the same reaction you did, Bill, where at first I thought they were saying they were going to redo it. And I was like, well, I mean, there's no reason to, but also, uh, you know, technology's updated. Maybe we could get, you know, some cooler stuff. I was willing to give it, to give it a chance. I wasn't, you know, totally against it. Um, and then I actually saw the first trailer and I was like, 
I don't understand what this is about. <laughs> I remember the first trailer, she's like climbing up the, the ice thing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, cool. <laughs> what, what happened? But yeah, then like the more I saw it, the more hype I got. Um, and now I'm just, you know, after the first couple episodes, I'm all in. But yeah, I, uh, it took me a couple times to like really get it, a couple tries to really get excited. And then I was like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> and Alex, again, like, we do a, a monthly TV podcast. And up until last episode, I hadn't heard you talk anything about it. So we talk, you and I talk a lot. Like yeah, I yeah. Did, never heard you mention this show at all. So I'm I'm very intrigued that what your hype level was. Yeah, well, I mean, I think part of that is because, so the origin of this show is a bit cynical, right? It's Jeff Bezos was like, we have a streaming wow. service. You could have just like, stuck with, well, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> we, like, I own a streaming service. Why uh, do I not have Game of Thrones? Everybody loves Game of Thrones. Why don't I own that? Uh, so, like, a typical billionaire, he's like, well, if I can't buy it, I'll make the one just like it. And you're like, okay, cool. So then they spent, like, more money than God to get the rights to Lord of the Rings, except for the rights are limited to all of the things that we don't that we already know about Lord of the Rings is not included for some reason. So it's like we so basically they were like, okay, you can't use the Cimmerillion, you can't really use the anything that is owned by New Line's adaptation of the Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. But other than that, you're free to do whatever you want. And I'm like, isn't that all of it? Like, what are you talking about? So for a long time I was very confused about what the show was even going to be. Um it's a most of the people involved are not people that I know. So on that level of kind of being excited about talent, it's just not people that I have any real relationship with. The cast is pretty much unknown uh, to me uh, personally, uh, or, you know, the types of uh, character actors that I just don't have a personal relationship with. The creators that they hired are pretty untested when it comes to writing. They basically, they've, they've, were hired to do a Flash Gordon adaptation that then didn't go anywhere. And other than that, they don't really have uh, one of them has a has an uncredited uh, writing credit for Star Trek Beyond. It's not the best Star Trek movie. So, you know, there's just not a lot there. It's really a lot of unknown factors. Right. And when you compare all of that to this epic Lord of the Rings that I loved so much for so long, that feels like a very kind of closed story. Uh, it did kind of dampen my enthusiasm for the show. Um, I will also say that I'm not the biggest fantasy person. That's not my genre overall outside of the Lord of the Rings films. I can't really think of a fantasy thing that I really was like head over heels for even like the Harry Potter stuff, which oftentimes kind of gets thrown around as fantasy as well. That didn't really, uh, I didn't have as strong of a connection to those films as many people in my generation did. In fact, I remember when uh, they were coming out, it was always Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter were coming out at the same time every year for those few years. And I was very much on team Lord of the Rings uh, because course it all has to be a battle of uh (laughs) pop culture rivalries um so yeah all of that meant that i just wasn't super enthusiastic about this uh but i was curious i was definitely curious and i know about like six or nine months ago there was a big vanity fair piece that came out that kind of gave us a sense of what the show was going to look like and 
what their direction was, and that made me more interested. Uh, but it's such a crowded time for television right now, as Bill, you know, and I'm sure Rachel does as well. So it's just, it's so hard to feel that kind of anticipation because it's so overloaded right now with so many similar types of things. And this just isn't the thing that grabbed me in the way that, in terms of the anticipation, at least. What's, what's funny is for me, and I'm not going to make this a Game of Thrones podcast, but I was more coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, the trailer I saw for Lord of the Rings, I was more excited about that than I was um, House of the Dragon for me. And I feel like there was a we, we I was thinking Amanda and Marjani and I were talking about that. We felt that way, too. Uh, but think about that. It's like this show is coming out with Sandman, She-Hulk, House of the Dragon. You're starting the NFL season. I know that's not high fantasy, but for some of us, it is because, you know. Yeah. Plus, there's Andor and Andor's know. coming, and there's a, just a ton of stuff right now that it's just such a choke point right now for content, especially in this, you know, kind of geek sci fi fantasy oeuvre, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel so. Like it- Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I feel like it adds to it, too, because, like, there's all this stuff coming out, and you know that all of it's, like, our shows have just gotten longer and longer, so it's, like, you have to pick which one you're going to dedicate your time to. (laughs) You got you got to really have to pick and choose, like, okay, uh, what do I want to spend over an hour watching this week? (laughs) That's true. And then you have Andor is, like, 17 episodes so there's a shit <laughs> yeah. i have to yeah. do a whole semester you know, and then there's also movie like movie. movies and you know maybe you yeah. want to talk to a friend one night during the week or spend yeah. time with your family <laughs> you know so. i'm a bus watch wrestling on wednesday it's like, yeah. there was a lot of stuff i got yeah. to do <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bluey i have to rewatch all the time <laughs> yeah. um, but then there's what? also the thing for me is that What I loved about Lord of the Rings more than anything, like, yes, Gandalf is great. Of course, when he died, I was wrecked. I didn't know he was coming back. So that when it happened, so that was really traumatic. Um, But like, and, you know, Aragorn is, you know, who he is. But for me, the, what drew me into that, that, that series of films was Frodo and Sam and Gollum. And for me, it was really a strong relationship drama between the, those, that trio. And so when the proposition is, okay, we're going to take the lore of Lord of the Rings and turn that into its own thing. I don't necessarily care that much because that's I'm invested in those individual characters way more than I was invested in the world of Middle-earth, which makes me an exception to the rule of super Lord of the Rings fans, I think. <laughs> but uh, but that is another reason why I was a bit ambivalent when I heard about the project. You're right, because what were, what was the trailers, really? It was just, look at everything that's happening. It wasn't, here's the story. Yeah, but, or here are the people that yeah, you're going to yeah. learn to love, just like you loved the first people. It was more of just like, look, you're back in Middle Earth. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's cool. But like I, like, I would just watch still photos of New Zealand all day long. So yeah. that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a Lord of the Rings Yule log. It's just like, yeah. just put it on. I was <laughs> just watching like, yeah. while I'm trying to go to sleep. You know, it's great. So that was actually going to be my segue into my next part. So if Alex is always thank you for serving it up nicely for me. Um the first thing we see when we start the show is you're back in Middle Earth. Literally, we get the map. We get we see the Undying Lands. We see Middle Earth. How did it feel before we get into the characters? Because it's very important. Because that's something we have to really talk about. Is 
how did you feel about the 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 visual look and just going back here? Did it feel like oh okay, they've got it, or did it take a while to really feel like you were getting your bearings back into the world that was created by Peter Jackson? Now here with this team at Amazon, uh, creating Middle Earth. So Rachel, how about you? Did when you when you were watching this, even in the, the first couple moments or minutes? Did you feel like uh, did you feel like you were back in Middle Earth, or did it take some time to really get there? Oh, I was like, yes. <laughs> as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as like the music started and they were panning out, I was like, let's go, we are here. I'm. I was immediately like, I'm ready to see what they have done with this. Like it, it looked gorgeous to me immediately. I was like, yes, this is what we can do with this kind of world with an Amazon Jeff Bezos budget. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was like, at that moment, I was like, okay, let's, let's see where we go. For me, it felt like it felt familiar, but unique in its own way. It like had mm-hmm. all the trappings of what we had already seen, but it was heightened in a lot of ways and not in a very gaudy sort of way. Although in some, when they go to Cosmic Doom in episode two, that is very different and very oh, yes. elaborate, which is very cool. But to me, I, I, Rachel, I felt like you, I was like, I'm back. This is like, we haven't missed a beat. Like those Hobbit movies could jump off. They didn't exist. This is the continuation right here. I'm back because I've seen other high fantasy stuff that Amazon's done, like um, Carnival Row, which was that show with Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is like a world. It's all right. You know? I watched one episode and got out. That that, that doesn't exist, Bill. Stop it's making a television show. I have written proof that I watched the episode. So trust me, it exists. There are many things I had to spend time and write Listen, about. Listen, if I owned a website, I would write about my dreams too. It's totally fine. <laughs> well, apparently, I apparently my alcoholism was really terrible <laughs> three years ago when apparently I thought this show about fairies and crime existed with you know legolas and Caradil. you should pitch that you should pitch that to amazon i should i should I hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that will happen uh so alex for you you like you said you weren't you know from the trailer it was like here's middle earth that's not your bag of what why you loved lord of the rings but how did you feel when you were watching the show getting back into the world of um tolkien and middle earth so I'd love to be able to talk about this show without comparing it to other things. Like I'd love to be able to just like, but it's so hard to right when we're like in literally it's airing the same week as house of the dragon airs every single week, the whole time that it's going to be on TV. So it's hard to not think about the two shows together and contrast them. And for me watching those two premiere episodes that we're going to talk about today, uh, I had just watched three episodes of House of the Dragon and what jumped out to me was just like, oh, it's sunlight and color and green. And it's like, oh, wow. It's like they're actually, you know, there's like it's like his Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon is so desaturated and solemn and heavy and shadow and darkness. And and so it was like so nice to see Mm -hmm. actual color you know on my screen and like this immediate sense of like oh this is a totally different vibe this isn't trying to grow for grounded and gritty and real and sex and violence and cool hbo stuff it's like no it's like this is a show that kids could watch this is a show that families could watch together this is like 
a lot of it's aspirational in its color palette and its aesthetic and its set design and its character construction. And I was like, oh, this is actually nice to be in a different flavor of fantasy. It's easy to kind of get lost because Game of Thrones was so culturally dominant for a decade. It's easy to forget that like, no, there's like other kinds of this sort of thing. It doesn't just have to be this or like watching Henry Cavill with like long hair riding around on a horse. I don't know. I never watched The Witcher. What is the deal with that show? <laughs> he does have long hair. He does ride on a horse. Yeah, you did get two things. He has okay. a he, ha- he throws a coin, right? Isn't that? It? He has no, to throw a coin. You, throw you a give coin. him the coin. Oh, I can see. Okay. He's like yeah. an assassin stripper. Yeah. Sure. Well, I-, I wish you had told me that two years ago. I would watch a show that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's making the show. I don't remember. He, yes, he does. Rachel. Assassin stripper and he, and he does travel. His That's his deep raspy voice. Yeah, of he does. <laughs> and then uh, Tormund is in it as a as a half pig, half man. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, you... I interviewed him for popbreak.com. Yes, you did. Thank you. Finally. Yeah. I, at the first uh, now I'm uh, the one time I'm not cheap plugging. But yeah, the Witcher is solid. I never finished the second season, mostly because I was at a time where I didn't finish anything. So yeah. I'm gonna go back to it. But yeah, it fantasy, like you were saying, Alex, was definitely much bloodier, much more violent. And this does feel like more I don't know if the right word, but elegant and timeless, like created by elves, you know, that stuff that has kind of <laughs> an architecture to it. It doesn't just feel like everything is very harsh. Um yes. And we all love the production design, but the big sell is the main character of the show that our, that we have to follow. One of the main characters, I should say, but is Galadriel. Of course, Galadriel, for everyone who forgot, was played by Kate Blanchett in the Peter Jackson films. Which she was great in it because she's Kate Blanchett. So, you know, that's an obvious connection. The MCU's Kate Blanchett. I saw that recently. There was a headline that was like, MCU's Kate Blanchett stars in new film at Venice Film Festival. And I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the SEO was great on that headline. The truth to it is not. <laughs> Not not Academy Award winner, yeah. two time Academy MCU, Award winner, Kate Blanchett. Generational talent. <laughs> hot, it was like hot fuzzes, Kate Blanchett. She was in it, sure. The Kate Blanchett not in this TV show, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm I'm curious too. What did you think of Morfid Clark in the role? Yes, yeah, Galadriel. You, you pronounced the name because I would have been like, yeah. woof. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that she is playing a young Galadriel who, for if you haven't watched it or just went through the first episode, she is, you know, taking a she's chasing after Sauron because he is out there because there was another big evil before Sauron and he was defeated and she is trying to chase down his the specter of this evil and no one believes her. Um, because I it think, has been hundreds of years that yeah, she has been chasing not, him with no evidence of him still being alive. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair. One yeah. thing about elves is that you might have forgotten from the film because I did. They're ancient and they <laughs> age slowly. And that comes up, that comes into play in a second, the second episode. But it's also a really the way that was done to me was a nice reminder. It wasn't like episode one of House of the Dragons, like. We're going to say every name of every character of every house you ever heard in Game of Thrones. And you're going to have to pause a lot to be like, wait, Tarly, Dickon Tarly? Because I only remember Dickon because it's a stupid <laughs> name. And, and then it's just like, you know. Samuel Tarly, of course. I know, yeah. but the first one, my brain, Dickon, come on. Yeah. It's a thing. I, I am a four-year-old boy. I laugh at things. And it's just like, 
with this, it felt more like we were reintroduced to me. It was like, we're reintroducing facts about middle earth in a more natural way. But for me, I like the fact that Galadriel, who was always a very captivating character and that had this long history, especially with Sauron, we're now going to make her the main character, but it never once to me felt like, Oh, this is the origin story of that one thing, which we see on Disney plus where it's like, Hey, remember star Wars? Remember rogue one, that guy, we're going to tell that guy's story, how he got here. This feels more natural. And I think Morford Clark is what I just wonderful uh, channeling everything Kate Blanchett did in the films, but also giving in her own kind of, where she was more, Kate Blanchett was a little more ethereal because she was more of um, a magical Galadriel. Uh, she's more of the warrior. She's the warrior Galadriel. Jesus, try saying Galadriel a million times. Is this, which I just did terribly. And it felt like a different take on the character, which I really, really enjoy without ever straying too far from it. Rachel, what did you think of Morfitt Clark's portrayal and the kind of like the creative direction they're going with Galadriel here? Um, I, I loved it. I am always on board. If you tell me there's like a badass female lead character, I'm like, yes, give me, give me that all day, every day. Um, I actually, they said her name and it didn't click for me initially, like who she was supposed to be. I was because like, oh, her name's on. Say huh? it a little differently, I think. They're like, Galad. Like. Galad, yeah. And so I was like, oh, like her name. I was like, I know that name, but it like didn't click. And then when it finally clicked, I was like, oh, that's who that is. And I, I had the same reaction where I thought that was really neat because she is more, you know, she's powerful and she's wise. And you hear like, oh, and she, you know, you know her, her lore, you hear it, but to like see it because she's clearly been through some shit. <laughs> so to be like, yeah, this is where it started. You're like, Oh man. And I thought she did a great job because she has that. She is this more warrior uh, style, but again, you go from like the young kid who, I mean, granted, you know, she's hundreds of years old, but, but in elf time, she's actually really young. Um, so you go from the youth to like the wise end, you know, much more, much calmer, much less inclined to rush into battle type person. Um, but she also still has that like stoicism and the way she talks where she is like, I don't care who you are or what your rank is. I'm going to talk to you the way that I feel you should be talked to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I thought, I thought she did. She did great. I was completely captivated by her character. Well, what about you, Alex? You, you, you're the, since you brought her up originally. Yeah, I fully agree. I think one of the biggest criticisms I have about the show so far is that I wish that it was more about her story. I wish it was more like the thing that you're saying that you're glad that it isn't. <laughs> because I think she's very, she, she is just so commanding of every scene that she's in. She's a really, has a very interesting balance between a really strong emotional center and a really sort of uh, stern uh, sense of purpose and that is like very captivating to watch and I really enjoy all of the scenes that she has I think that some of her stuff with Elrond in the first episode is is good I really like her with Halibrand played by Charlie Vickers um, I think that she's got a really great dynamic with him I hope they're together for a while 
Uh, and yeah, I just, I like that she is so single-mindedly focused on this quest that seems so irrational. And I think that it's so interesting that the way they've constructed this is that it's so easy for us as the audience to get on her side with this because we know what happens and that he is out there and he is gathering power. So we know she's right. Uh, but it's also reasonable that everyone else thinks that she's like a lunatic at this point because she spent hundreds of years hunting this person down uh, to no evidence. So I think that it, it's a very compelling hook for a story uh, and maybe more so than all of some of the other things that I'm sure we'll get into later. And I will say I have not seen Morphid Clark in anything, uh, but uh, my uh, Cinema Joe's podcasting co-host, uh, Justin Mancini, uh, chose her as one of her his favorite performances of last year in uh, the role Maud from the movie St. Maud, which is a... Uh, uh, oh. A very interesting uh, horror film from a couple years ago. That's where I know the name from because I'm just like, why do I know the name? Now you said same lot. I'm like, there we go. Uh, yep. We brought up Elrond, played by Robert Arameo, who actually played young uh, Eddard Stark in Game of Thrones. Um, how did you guys feel about this version of Elrond? Of course, the original Elrond we saw was Hugo <laughs> Weaving. Um, also, I just want to mention in just a random, like, this guy might look familiar. The Elfin King is played by Benjamin Walker, who is the star of the very odd summer popcorn flick, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Because I Listen, kept looking at I love that movie. That movie is so absurd. I will watch it anytime it's on. It's amazing. It's not a good movie. It's, it's not, not a good movie. It's amazing, it's though. Amazing. But yeah, because I kept looking, I'm like, why are you tall, man? I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um Remember, Elrond, he was Hugo Weaving. Of course, he was, um, I'm going to forget her name, is Liv Tyler's father. Uh, totally forgot the character's <laughs> name, Arwen, Arwen, the, Arwen, Arwen's father. And I'm still on the fence how I feel about this. I think it's a good performance. I'm still on the fence about the Elrond character because we see him, it's kind of like this pie-in-the-sky type of political mover and shaker, I guess. But then he ends up in the second episode. I like him more. We see him as a character with Doran, uh, the uh, the the Prince of Dwarves, I'll just call him for lack of a better term. Uh, he's he's more relatable. He's more fleshed-out character. I still don't know what his arc in all of this is. So I don't know if I can really put my finger on if I love what they've done with Elrond yet. Alex, I'll go to you first because you've just... So I'll say, so I have a friend who's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He like reads the books all the time and he has a lot of opinions on this world. Uh, and his big criticism about Elrond is that he's just not attractive enough because he feels like <laughs> the elves should be supernaturally beautiful. Um, so I just feel I would be remiss not to mention that part. But for me, Hugo weaving supernaturally beautiful. Well, I, I, he also he 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 has opinions about that as well as you can All imagine. Right. This is, uh, <laughs> this is but, as we're on brand here. Yeah, but what I would say is, I think that you know he this character in the first two episodes unfortunately has to bear a lot of the exposition uh in a lot of scenes uh, involving the storylines that he's in so i think it's hard to judge him as a character so far or even a performance for that matter because there's only so much you could do when literally like almost every line of dialogue is you filling in the backstory or the context for what's going on in the moment uh and i think he does a serviceable job with that uh, but i would definitely be interested to see him you know progress moving forward uh, i think i have a 
I think I have a suspicion about where that storyline is headed. But in the first two episodes, uh, yeah, I think that it's interesting to see him as a kind of political mover and shaker and even a little bit of a schemer because, you know, I think Lord of the Rings has a reputation for being very high minded. And so uh, I think we forget that 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 politicking is a piece of the world that uh, happens, you know, um, there is, of course, in the Lord of the Rings, a whole storyline about uh, a duplicitous hand of the king who who uh, <laughs> help is is uh, turns out to be a hand of uh, an evil sorcerer instead. So you know there is pol- politicking that goes on in Lord of the Rings, but that's not what its reputation is. So it's it's interesting to see them use Elrond a little bit like that, trying to move and manipulate. Um, uh, I almost called her Kate Blanchett, uh, Morpheus Clark's Galadriel, uh, you know, so, I, but yeah, and I will say in the second episode, I just, I, you know, I didn't care that he didn't show up to, uh, the dwarf prince's wedding it didn't matter to me at all. I, I really not a highlight of, of this show so far, the dwarfs for me, I gotta be honest. Um, we'll get there and we'll get there shortly. Uh, <laughs> I remember also the first time we saw Elrond in Lord of the Rings was in a flashback and he was a soldier. So now to see him as a, and then as a king, and then then we just see him as not either of those is a little bit. You're like, okay. Um, what about what about you? We are two thousand years in the past, so yeah. he has Army, a long time. Timey wimey. Yeah. He, <laughs> flat to me, to me, I thought I I thought the the actor um, did a great job. I'm not good with actors' names. Would you say Robert Arameo? Arameo. Yeah. I I thought the actor did a great job. Um, but also he seems very like uh my my perspective of him was he seems very like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed that I'm not used to. <laughs> he's, he's not like, a hobbit, so you're like yeah. no one no one who's not a hobbit can be happy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So But I do believe that he is much younger than Galadriel is textually Mm -hmm. in this point of the story. So I think that's like intentional. I had Mm -hmm. to be told that I didn't know that uh, going (laughs) in, but that's apparently the case. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that, that aspect of him that's like bright eyed and bushy tailed. And um, I know you said you were going to get to it uh, and I'll, I'll be interested to go into this because I actually had the opposite feelings of Alex where I, I really liked seeing him with Durin um, I thought that added a little bit more to him and it served kind of as a reminder that like um, elves don't think about time the way we do. And so it was just this interesting, different perspective um, that he would have. It also helps that I'm reading a manga that's like shockingly similar because the main character in it is an elf and somebody says that like, oh yeah, I haven't seen you for 20 years. And she was like, and she's like, really? That's that's not that long ago and they're like it's 20 years so it like you know hit me in that that nerd part where i was like oh yeah elves um (laughs) so alex why didn't why didn't that work for you because let's just talk about the let's just talk about the dwarves why not it's like uh there's no format it what didn't what didn't work for you well so i have to be honest i've never been a huge fan of the dwarves in this in this franchise gimli always was kind of annoying to me he's just Wow. He just is such like a he's such a dwarf supremacist. He all he just all he talks about is how great it is to be a dwarf. And where are your dwarf friends, buddy? Nowhere to be found, right? Dead. So uh, yeah, exactly. So like maybe so you sad. weren't so great. 
<laughs> sad man he's got trauma yeah, yeah. We just they all have trauma about trauma yeah um, they, but uh so i never i've never been a huge fan of the dwarfs and this show has not been a uh, corrective for me at least so far i don't care that the guy didn't go to your wedding like get over it like obviously he's here for official business can't you see past yourself for five minutes and find out what he's there do you need to be so prideful uh it's literally just because dwarves are angry <laughs> well yeah and that's why i don't like him i'm not afraid to say it <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say my favorite thing about Kazakh Doom is just the design of everything. Yeah, so sure. uh, uh, guys, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's go into the next part where we're going to talk about um, another elf. We're going to be talking about, oh gosh, I just lost his name. Aaron Deer? Are we going to talk about Aaron, Aaron Deer? played by Ismail Cruz Cordova. Um, yeah. He's a Sylvan elf. He is a... Um, he has been like on this, but one of the big things is they have been stationed in this town to basically protect from orcs and the evil out there. And they're being disbanded. He has a forbidden love. Um, how did this storyline play of, and this will play a little into what's happening in real life, uh, where people really just hate the elves and what they stand for. And the elves hate the people. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys feel this was a little bit contrived? How did you guys feel about this? Uh, Rachel, I'll start with you. I have to go put a little girl to bed. So I'll be right oh, Wow. <laughs> um, well, for me, uh, Aaron Deer is the new Legolas in terms of what you were saying, Alex, about how elves are supposed to be like attractive and stuff. I, I love yeah. him. As soon as I saw him, <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> You are the new pretty boy of <laughs> this series, and I love you. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's like yeah. uh, he's like Prince Charming, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. It's... <laughs> the 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 forbidden love thing. I I thought they did it well. Um, I just don't care personally. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we kind of were just like, yeah, the elves are here. And the humans hate the elves and the elves hate the humans. And here's this elf and this human that are low key in love with each other. And, but like, we don't know them at this point. So I was kind of like, why do I, I think you're both cool, but like, I don't know your history. <laughs> I'm just supposed to feel bad, I guess. I don't know. Um, what about you, Alex? Yeah. If for me, it definitely felt like they were trying to get that Arwen, um, Aragorn kind of mm -hmm. feel again, right? The forbidden love, but gender flipped. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's a little bit of a part of me that's like, oh, is are we just checking a box with these people? But it does seem like there is they're trying to flesh out an interesting corner of the world, the tension between humans and and elves and and what that means for society is as they're going to eventually have to presumably come together again to fight off a, an evil larger than themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there's a lot of potential there. I really like the the character that he's paired with, Bronwyn, played by mm -hmm. uh, Nazanin. Uh, Bonita, uh, Ban di No, that's not right. Nazadine. Uh, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> we'll just for, leave it in that. Yes, sorry for uh, for completely masquerading your last name. Uh, I, I remind everyone I did not get to prep for this episode. But anyway, I think she's sorry. a great actress. I've really enjoyed. I really enjoy her half of that love triangle. I think you know, uh, Aaron Deer is maybe a bit too noble 
for me uh, as a character. I, I'm going to need him to kind of let his guard down and and feel a bit more like a mm. uh, an actual person for me to feel really invested in what's going on. But you know, I think that Bronwyn does a good job of 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 giving him of of making me believe that there's something more there because she's such an interesting dynamic character and she's so clearly uh in love with him in a very romantic kind of uh you know sun-swept romance sort of way and i also like her kid uh, her oh, definitely like kid. shitty teenage oh, I kid hate vibe. Him too. oh i wanted him to eat it so bad <laughs> oh i'm it's with you bill thing i don't like <laughs> shitty kids and shows yeah i love a shitty teenage son in a in a drama it's always great oh he gets the (laughs) he gets a timothy chalamet award for me who many people forget was the shitty teenage son on homeland many many years ago so much i I used to review (laughs) homeland and i'm like when is brody gonna murder this kid because he (laughs) needs to go yeah i'm always here for a shitty teenage son Broadway was also in Homeland, so. <laughs> so I'm 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 excited to see him get kind of you know uh, uh, flirting with the dark side, if you will, seduced, um, and uh, presumably ultimately will go the way of the light. Uh, but uh, by the end of the season, that's my guess. But yeah, I, I'm I'm in I, I'm liking that part of the story more than than the. Than Aaron Deer specifically, just as I said, he he's too robotic. He's like he's not. He doesn't feel like like we saw this in like Lord of the Rings, where the sometimes the elves can be so stoic, but it's like come on, like yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. Was definitely had more of a personality (laughs) than he did. (laughs) It's true, but there is a reason why you know the the. The Lord of the Rings elves are an inspiration for the Vulcans in Star Trek. And, you know, I think we're seeing he could definitely be ported over into the Star Trek universe as a Vulcan and uh, it'd be very easy to see. So, yeah, I'm definitely getting those vibes. But I think that there's, you know, I I think we might have a chaste uh, love scene in our future uh, between those two. Maybe that'll help break down their walls a bit. It's uh, I could also see that going with what you said, Alex, and with what you said, Bill. because again, I, do, I love looking at him personally, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I can see that like, cause I took it as like the, that's the, you know, he's this elf warrior and he's with these humans. So he kind of has to have this like persona almost. And so I feel the same way. I'm, I'm very curious as to like how they're going to explore that. I um, hopefully see that his character builds more outside of that. And he, you know, slowly learns to maybe let that come out a little bit more because this also seems like he's clearly this is probably the first person he's ever felt like love for so hopefully that is something that they build on there definitely feels to be more stakes in this that storyline too especially Mm -hmm. while we see more action there outside of you know obviously gladriel in the ocean you know getting tossed around but like we're seeing they're confronting the evil on the front line right there. So there's definitely more for us to, to sink our teeth into um, one storyline that I'm still on the fence about is the, I'm going to butcher the goddamn name. I know it is the Harfoot storylines. Um, sure. First up, just going to say it out front that people have been making a big deal about their, that not every actor in this series is not white. Um, we all are of the stance of that is a ridiculous argument. Um, and those people making the argument, you can kind of figure out those people are horrible people. So 
that opinion fucking blows. So yeah. that's all we're going to say about that. That's about as much time as we're going to spend on that. Uh, Parfoots, though, this storyline, I am having a real hard time with because I don't feel like we've spent that we we're spending enough time on these two young female characters. Then we have this guy, um, the stranger. I'm just going to call him Space Jesus for right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Space Jesus comes out. And he can't talk, and maybe he broke the one girl. He like breaks the one girl's leg, and then he can manipulate fireflies, but kills them. Mm-hmm. This is not right now a storyline I'm interested in, except for one thing that I'm now going to pull my tin foil out and wrap <laughs> around my forehead and my my face because it's the weirdest theory. Um, is this is this Gandalf? <laughs> You know, is this essentially Gandalf or one of the wizards who's just fallen it, from the sky? It could be Gandalf. It's definitely a wizard. I think there's yeah. no way around Because I was that. thinking of and, Christopher Lee's character uh, from Lord of the Rings, because he was good at one point before corruption sure. corrupted, and I cannot remember his name. Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. Oh, Wasn't yeah. That's why a... I can remember because it's so close to Sauron. Wasn't there a third one? Two wasn't there a third wizard? Yeah, he's like in. He was like a brown wizard. Uh, yeah, he's he's in the Hobbit movies, I believe. Yeah, so I was. Oh wow! And I watched them. I he has I, have, <laughs> I just remember. I just remember. Like I said, like my not. Yeah, I just remember that there was a third. I I couldn't tell you anything about him or his name, but I I remember that at one point I learned there was a third wizard, and I was like, yes, "What the he fuck was, was play- he?" Yes, he was, <laughs> it was Radagast. Yes, he was Radagast. played by Sylvester McCoy, who uh, played Doctor Who at one point. Um, yeah, he was he was a doctor for sure, um, and he was definitely in I want to say the first and third Hobbit. But he, he was, was definitely in the first Hobbit because I yeah. saw that because the part of what they did with the <laughs> Hobbit was <laughs> they put it they brought in a lot of similar Cimmer- stuff into the Hobbit to try to kind of like expand the lore and everything. So I believe the Radagast part was a was a function of, of that. Yeah, expansion. Woody, he was the brown uh, wizard because he was very woodsy. He was like covered in sap and stuff. I think like, he had like a tree branch as part of his hat or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. It's all very animal. whimsical in a way that yeah. I didn't appreciate. Uh, <laughs> but but whimsical in a way that grandpa. I did appreciate was the Hardfoots because I think that they're great. I, I like, I think that we're getting just enough of them. I really, really, really like uh, Markella Cavanaugh who plays Nori Brandyfoot who is basically like the main uh, Hardfoot. Yeah. I think she's great. I think she's better than good. I think she's great. I think she's outside of Morford Clark, the best thing about the show so far. I agree with you that the story that she's in is maybe not the most exciting thing that I think is going on. I'm never a huge fan of like a big supernatural mystery that needs to be teased out over the course of a season. I just don't, I I feel like I've just been burnt too many times by shows that do that to a point where it just becomes annoying throughout and then ends up not really amounting too much. And I I have faith that these people know what they're doing and they're going to tell a story that will amount to something. But I just, it it just is very triggering for me, honestly. I just like get heroes flashbacks and and things like that. (laughs) So I just, you know, I I want the stranger to start talking pretty soon or else I'm going to be pretty frustrated. Yeah, so that's my problem. Like Nori is a great character and like if we're if she's going to be part of wherever this is going if there's going to be a band of characters coming together this is going to be a great character to have in there but it's just the story is underwhelming it feels like they're second-rate hobbits in a lot of ways and they're just kind of framing it in that way and it's just like i want to know 
more. Give me this world. Explain to me. You explain the elves so well. I do love the way they're introduced, though, where you like they're like there's you don't see them. They're camouflage. And then all of a sudden their whole little town just pops up underneath a bunch of rocks and (laughs) stuff. That's where it stops being interesting. After that, It's (laughs) such clever. It's like such clever filmmaking. And I actually love the scene of the hunters. They have the huge uh, like elk ears Mm -hmm. behind them. It's so visually stunning. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just like I, I can't just fully grasp this part of the story just yet because it's just it's not a great story and yeah, I really something that i learned that. something mm-hmm. that i learned was that the wizards in lord of the rings are basically angels they like literally fall from the sky and are so, sent by god to help fight know. sauron yeah. so that is why i know for sure that this is a wizard now yeah, if it's I mean, a wizard that we've met or not met before that's an open question mm-hmm. um but yeah that's it's interesting Interesting. I don't think, by the way, I don't think he killed the fireflies. I think that he manipulated the fireflies to try to send a message, and then the bad thing that's in the world that's killing other things killed the fireflies. That's why I have you on a podcast to like actually get to the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, but if we're if it is a wizard, like you're saying, who do you? Which wizard is it? Is it? Solomon? I think it's the. I think it's the third wizard, the woodsy, the woodsy one. And he got real short after a while. I think there are other wizards in the world that we that maybe don't make it all the way through to the Lord of the Rings timeline. So I think and I know that Gandalf is younger than Saruman, because remember, Saruman is Saruman the White when we first meet him. And Gandalf is Gandalf the Grey, um, which indicates a lack of transformation over time. So I believe, you know, I I think that Saruman is always positioned as the elder to Gandalf. So. It would be very interesting if it ends up being Saruman and then we get to see him be a noble kind of fighter for the good because when we've ever seen him in the past, he was, you know, seduced by the dark side already. So So that's why I'm saying it is Saruman because one, the actor of the cast does have a, you know, you could pass him off as a young Christopher Lee. Um, And I think that would be really interesting because that would give that that would give that kind of credence of just like this is he would he would have been there it makes sense he would have been there i just like you were saying alex hope we don't get this multi-episode draw like in the season finale because this was renewed for a second season they got 25 million viewers in the first two episodes um you know so they um it i don't want it to be the last episode i am saruman and you're like fuck you just give it to me in episode four i yeah, I kind of had the same feeling with the Harfoots because I, I I like them. I think they're adorable. I think they're great. Um, I got some like almost like a Pippin and Mary vibes from Nori and Poppy. Um, oh, yeah. The way that they're going to interact. So I think that that's, that's cute. But yeah, the same thing. Like when he, first of all, just this man falls from the sky and they leave you on that. And you're like, cool. Guess that's going to simmer for the next hour while I watch this next episode. Yeah. And then he brings up these fireflies cause he can't talk. And they're like, it's a constellation. And I'm like, what does that like, <laughs> like tell you literally oh. told me nothing. <laughs> Did he tell you your astrological sign? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was like, in, in my opinion, I had the same feeling where I was frustrated because I'm like, I, I understand that this is supposed to be really cool, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> at all i don't understand why i should think it's scary or exciting (laughs) it's just some dude that came out of the sky and like alex said did some firefly stuff and then (laughs) that like 
okay, <laughs> what do I do with this information? Yeah. And I don't want to be too impatient, right? Like, I don't want it to feel like you have to, like, tell me everything right away. Like, I, I'm okay with a story that's, that, but it's just like, it's already a small part of a large story. And so we're only getting so many bits and pieces. So I, I'm going to lose patience pretty quickly if you don't at least move the line a little bit. So we know what the hell is going on. Said, Alex, we've been here numerous times before. This is not our first rodeo with characters and arcs like this. And we have been burned like this before. So they, you know, as much as they want to draw it out, like, hey, we've been burned in the past. I mean, if you watch Westworld, which, I mean, didn't have literal magicians in it, that was the mystery box that dragged out forever. And it killed a lot of the audience off. So you don't want to do that. I mean, although what I will say is a smaller West, what, yeah. what Westworld, Westworld was really always very good at like the initial tease to get you hooked, which I don't know if this yeah. is totally landing. Yeah. You know, the initial what, tease, but then after the problem months, with Westworld yeah. is that they would get, yeah, they would get you hooked and then you'd be like, all right, cool. I'm really excited. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And then you're like, okay, well, wait, what is happening? Wait, that's wait. what's happening. You're like, you've just thrown 47 twists in one episode. <laughs> it's the second episode. And so, you know, and, and by didn't the way, Alex, Alex, you'll be proud. I did not watch the latest season. Hey, I am proud of you. It's, again, I, you have to catch, you have to practice, you know, self care. Well, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying. So, guys, let's let's get into our overall thoughts. Oh, we've talked a lot about them. Like what we think of these first two episodes. Let's rate it on a scale of one to ten elven ears. Um, pairs of elven ears, I should say, because yeah, gonna... <laughs> there was no body parts hacked off in this, so we couldn't really do uh, it. No, Maybe. and Orc loses there... his head. Who does? An orc loses his head. There we go. A scale of <laughs> one to ten headless orcs. Uh, what do we have? Because like, if you listen to our House of the Dragon episode, it was on a scale of one to ten severed penises. That was Amanda's choice. Uh, so you could. That was your pick for our third host, Alex. Um, so um, she's the best. So you know, give your overall thought, your final thoughts. Scale one to ten, and will you continue to watch this series? So, Alex, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, so I would put it on like a seven and a half. Uh, um, severed troll heads. He's still got a little bit left. He's bisected. It's right down the middle for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, because I think like, uh, you know, we didn't really talk about it that much, but both of these first two episodes were directed by Jay Bayona, who has a really great visual sense of style and has a really great history of kind of of making interesting horror films as well. And I think that a lot of that is a great choice for a sh- like following Peter Jackson, who very much had that same background uh, at Into Lord of the Rings. And I really think this this is just fantastically directed. The art design is amazing. The incorporation of live action versus CG, I think, is really well done. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily know from some of the trailers that they released, but I think that the balance is really, really good here. And I think there's a lot of pieces of the cast that I'm already interested in and engaged with, even if I'm not entirely gripped by any of the stories outside of Galadriel's stories yet. So I think that you know, on a whole, it's a strong, sturdy first two episodes. 
but I'm not totally sold that this is going to be like a must-see show moving forward. I don't have the expectation that it's going to be in like the top 10 uh, of the year for me, uh, but I'm definitely going to finish out the season, and I'm hopeful that by the end of the season, I'm going to feel strong enough about it that I'm going to actually be looking forward to a season two, but I'm not quite there yet, but I'm willing to give them the season. They've given me enough to, to keep watching. For me, I'm going to go with an eight severed orc heads because this would be a show that I, Alex, I mean, you summarize it perfectly when it comes to production design, you feel like you're back in the great, the, the better timeline of Lord of the Rings films. These characters are wonderful. They, it's just, the stories aren't there yet. The stories are not capped. Like the overarching story of Sauron is coming is great, but everything else, like, the sum of the part, the parts to the sum aren't equal. You know, they, we still need more. We still need a lot more to go. And I just hope we don't run out of time with that, that they're like, Oh, we didn't develop enough of this bother season two. Don't worry about it. I want, I really hope they take their time with it. But for people who were on the fence about this or who were Lord of the Rings fans, who maybe didn't even know this was going to be a series. I would recommend this to people like you would really enjoy this. And I think there was a lot of fans, much like Lord, much like game of Thrones, that were burnt by the Hobbit films. They're like, these were bad films, or I didn't want to watch the Hobbit films. If that was your case, you're going to be perfectly fine watching this. My thing is like, when it comes with Amazon fantasy, I think there is more than Carnival Row, which did exist. And the wheel of time show, which I reviewed the first couple episodes. I feel like there's just a little bit more to keep me going. And maybe that's my already my previous investment for the Peter Jackson films, but I just think there's something here that could be special to keep me going till the end, as opposed to Wheel of Time, which I was like, oh, this is a really well-designed, well-thought-out type of show. It's a nice blueprint of this is what they could do for Lord of the Rings. But there were never there weren't characters that were strong enough to keep me going with it. Here there are strong characters to keep me going with. Here there is a greater story to keep me going with, to keep me moving forward. I don't know if it's going to end well, but I'm definitely like you. I'm definitely optimistic and we'll see it out till the end. So, Rachel, how about you? Uh, I actually was also thinking uh, eight out of ten headless orcs. Uh, or orc heads, whichever you, if you prefer just the torso, or if you prefer the head, you know, it's up to you, uh, whatever you want to envision for that. Um, and for me, so I don't, one of the reasons I actually really like talking to you guys is because you know so much about like actors and directors. And I'm like, if you can say a character's name, I'm like, oh, okay, that one. But if you're like, oh, this person, I'm like, I, that means nothing to me. <laughs> um, I understand. I could, I'd but know. yeah, um, aesthetically speaking, like, ooh, I just punched my microphone. Um, <laughs> um, aesthetically speaking, I thought it was beautiful. I, you know, I'm, I'm in for the aesthetics. I think the creatures are cool. I think the world looks great. I like the characters. Um, like we talked about, there's some concerns I have with same as you guys with the story where I'm like, where, you know, how long is this going to take? Where are we going to go? But overall I'm, I'm feeling like good about it. Um, I don't, it's, it, you know, it wasn't like 
the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I have my complaints. Um, namely, I have to, t- I, I do have to touch on one thing that definitely lost an entire orc head, which was that in the first episode, they introduced Galadriel and you're like, yeah, we're going to hear her story. And then there's like just 10 minutes of them walking through different terrain. And I was like, no. no we're not doing this again we're not just walking the whole time and i have to say there's been a lot of walking scenes so far so i feel like (laughs) like you can't sign up for lord of the rings and not expect walking scenes man cardio in guys just less (laughs) that's like being like there's too much kryptonite in this story about superman like it's just part of it you gotta (laughs) Um, so much rain in this batman movie Yeah, so I think, um, and then again, same same thing with you, Bill. Like, if somebody were to to ask me, I'd be like, yes, watch it. It's so, you know, first two episodes so far, great fantasy. Even if you, honestly, even if you haven't watched any of the Lord of the Rings movies, you don't need to. It's not like, you know, you can go into this blind and, in my opinion, still really enjoy it. So I think that it's great in that regard um yeah i fully agree with you on that point i've had a lot of people are like oh well i never watched the hobbit movies like are you am i gonna be okay it's like yes you're 100 percent gonna be okay (laughs) (laughs) you're better off (laughs) 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 so yeah i just i i think there are you know there were some some things that i could you know poke holes at but i think ultimately we're off to a good start and i'm really excited to see where it goes all right, guys. So that concludes our episode. What we're going to do is we're going to pl- we're going to talk about our social media where people can find us online, and also if there's anything you guys uh, in the world of pop culture you want to recommend a book, comic book, TV show, whatever, just put, throw it out there. Um, Alex, you have so much to plug, so you go first, my friend. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to first talk about a couple of things that are really good right now that are not fantasy. If you right, like, I'm going to get a break off here and fantasy. go to bed while Alex is talking. <laughs> 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 tomorrow. <laughs> so Harley Quinn has its season finale next week. The third season has been so great, so fun, so funny, so surprisingly emotionally effective. Really, really strong comedy about superheroes. I really recommend that, especially if you don't mind things being a little bit blue every once in a while. Uh, Best show on television right now is, in my opinion, Reservation Dogs. On TV break uh, this past week, I definitely talked about it at length, so I'll save you that. But definitely, if you're looking for something that is a totally different vibe, go watch Reservation Dogs. Uh, Any given episode could make you laugh, could make you cry, make you think, make you grow as a person. Uh, Really, really fantastic window into a world with just such great actors that I've never seen before give great, interesting, compelling performances. Uh, As far as a new show that's out right now that just started a couple weeks ago, uh, The Patient on uh, Hulu is very good, good. very interesting. Uh, Steve Carell and uh, Domino Gleason, two people that I enjoy a lot uh, in a a show where a uh, potential, uh, or well, a uh, confessed, um, at least to his psychologists, uh, uh, serial killer, kidnaps Steve Carell, who is the psychiatrist, uh, so that way he can uh, give him therapy so he stops being a serial killer. Uh, It is kind of, I've heard a lot of people talk about it as like this like very intense drama, and it kind of is, but there's also like a black comedy element to it that I think is really good underneath the surface. Uh, I really, really like that show so far. Also, it's a 20-minute uh, drama, which we love to see. Uh, 
<laughs> and over on the movie side, if you're looking for a movie to watch and you're willing to go into a theater, uh, you should watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's an A24 horror film, but not really. It's much more of a murder mystery um, where <laughs> about a bunch of um, over-entitled young people who get uh, end up in a, um, a blackout in a mansion um, and people start dying um, and everyone wants to find out who the killer is before they get killed too. It's really funny. Uh, it can be really intense in moments and very emotionally effective, but it is a satire first and foremost, and it has one of the best endings of the year, in my opinion. So I'd really recommend people see it. And it has just like a great young cast of actors that uh, if you haven't heard of, you definitely will soon. So all those recommendations. And apparently Lee Pace has a, he's had his, he's having his Renaissance right now because of this film. Yeah. He uh, plays, he plays the old, uh, the older boyfriend of one of the 20 uh, somethings. Uh, and he is very funny. <laughs> and Alex, where can people just find you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Media Thinkings. You can follow my film podcast, as I said, Cinema Joes at Cinema Joes on Twitter. You subscribe to that on all major podcast platforms. We just put out a fall preview episode. So, Rachel, if you want to hear a bunch of directors and actors that you don't recognize, (laughs) definitely check out that episode. (laughs) Um, We have – you can also follow me on TV Break. As I said, we just did our big Emmy preview with special guest Matt Taylor. That was really fun. We also talked about House of the Dragon. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the competing – fantasy show of the moment you could definitely check that out uh over on pot break tv uh also as bill said i am half of the bill versus the mcu we're gonna have two episodes this month one is our d23 uh reaction podcast which will be really fun we're gonna react to all of the big we're expecting a lot of big casting news coming out of there uh it should be good Um, five hour podcast (laughs) and then we're gonna be recording uh we're gonna be recording an episode uh coming out just a few days later uh about um the 2021 Marvel Cinematic Universe releases. So that is Black Widow, that is uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, that's Eternals, and that's Spider-Man No Way Home. So definitely check out all of that stuff. It's going to be great. Rachel, tell us where people can find you on social media and uh, any pop culture recommendations you have for the people. Um, Social media, it's all the same. It is at Rachel Kinesis. Um, My... I was going to recommend the patient, but Alex. Oh, uh, sorry. So I'm just going to double, I'm just going to double recommend the patient because it's really good. (laughs) Um, Or uh, also under the banner of heaven. Um, It's not new, but I finished it recently and that's also really good. But I honestly want to recommend since we're talking about Lord of the Rings and fantasy and stuff, the manga that I mentioned earlier, if you are a manga fan or if you're just interested in it, but, and you like high fantasy, the manga that I mentioned is called Freyren at, at, or after journey's end. It is by the same mangaka whose name is escaping me right now that did full metal alchemist. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's really good, and it's essentially about this elf named Freyren who has already defeated the Demon King, um, and now she's looking for her next purpose as all of her fellow heroes um, are dead. Uh, well, the, the dwarf is still alive, but he's close because dwarves don't live as long as elves, but they have all aged and died, and so she's kind of finding her next purpose and then ends up on a new journey with a new set <laughs> of heroes. Um, so it's, I, I like it a lot. It's very unique. And again, there's, there's a lot of those things where, um, you know, she's 
she's like, oh, I just saw this person the other day. And they were like, you were here 80 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's really well done so far. I like where it's going a lot. Um, and then otherwise for TV, uh, I've been watching, it's going to be anime recommendations. Um, new season of Made in the Abyss has been fantastic. Uh, and there's an anime that it's on its second season, but it is a newer anime um, called Shadow's House. And it's a very, it's very eerie. Um, essentially, there's these, uh, they're called living dolls and they look like humans and they live in a house where their masters are shadows. <laughs> um, oh. And it's, I mean, I don't really want to give too much away, but that's essentially the plot. And there's like, and obviously, obviously that's not normal. There's something going on no, there. No, you're correct. <laughs> no, no, that's not normal. Yeah. No. yeah. I feel like I was just reading about that in the Star yeah. Ledger. <laughs> so I highly recommend that anime. It's got a really, like a really spooky vibe, but it's not like gory, violent ghosts. It's just got this eerie, like mystery feeling. It's just about real um, dolls and yeah. shadows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you, uh, I have to ask you, I feel like the big anime of the moment has been Spy Family. Have you been watching that? Are you oh, a fan yes. of it? Oh, yes. Okay. I was reading, I was actually um, reading the manga uh, definitely, totally um, not before it was published in English. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been following the manga for a long time. The anime is fantastic. Um, and the second season's coming back soon, so... Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's it's so like um, just wholesome, <laughs> just wholesome <laughs> and fun. Like just yeah, highly highly recommend that one as well. Nice to hear you give the rubber stamp to that because yeah. you're. I mean, I've heard a lot <laughs> of anime fans endorse it over the last few months, but you're the voice that I yeah. trust most on those. Thank you. Yes, very good. <laughs> As for me, if you must follow me on Twitter, I'm at Bodkin Writes, where it'll be a whole bunch of weird wrestling things. You'd be like, I don't understand that. And you probably won't, or nor should you. But most importantly, it's it's posts and retweets from thepopbreak.com, which I'm very proud to be the co-founder and editor-in-chief of for the last 13 years. Um, every day, go check out what we're doing. We have tons of music stuff. We just interviewed the uh, lead singer of the band Phoenix. We just shot um ain't no picnic out in the rose bowl in california uh we're actually going to be shooting uh rammstein at the at gillette stadium in boston uh we're going to be shooting ghost we're going to be shooting a lot of cool people and then at that california we've we've shot lcd sound system in the strokes for the first time which is very cool we also got tons of stuff with movies television a slew of podcasts that alex shepherds you can go on our podcast tab it's right there as for me, I will be doing a, a, uh, an editorial on Lord of the Rings. I am the weekly reviewer of House of the Dragon, and I'm going to be doing a retrospective on Queens of the Stone Ages, Songs for the Deaf, which is celebrating 20 years, which makes me feel incredibly old since I was a junior in college when that came out. Um, I am also, like Alex said, Bill versus the MCU, but of course, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and also the hubs that are known as uh, Pop Break TV, the Breakcast, and the Winter Still Is, and the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. My pop culture recommendation, it is Disney Plus Day, uh, September 8th, as we're recording this. Go watch Thor Love and Thunder. It was hilarious. It's great. You might not think it's great, but I did. It's a wonderful diversion. It's it's very it's funny. It's enjoyable. Um, it's a good time. Just go watch it. Enjoy yourself. Life's too short.
enjoy Love and Thunder. So thank you for joining us on this uh, journey through Middle Earth. Uh, thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Alex, for coming on for the last minute. Uh, next week, I don't know what episode 125 holds for us, but yes, our 125th episode next week. So stay tuned and I'll figure something out at the last minute. I think, what not it? It's your Twin Peaks episode, isn't it? That would be correct if things did not work out the way it did. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great piece.